In order to start a sexual revolution, we need to have a preemptive strike. Find out what I mean on this episode of Pushback. you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Johnny, and this is Pushback. Thank you for tuning in again this week. We're getting to the end of season two, and I've been running a series uh, I didn't intend to. Uh, I just realized that I had a lot to say, apparently, about... Uh, undergoing a sexual revolution. You know, what we've been doing as a nation uh, since the 60s and 70s uh, hasn't been working. (laughs) That's the simple, simple matter of it all. And so we need to, as ambassadors of heaven, be the ones to usher in a better way. And isn't that what triggers revolution in the first place? So I've been calling for a cultural sexual revolution in our country. And I believe that it can be done or I wouldn't be wasting my time or my breath doing this podcast. And I believe it starts with you, my listener. And I, I have been laying down a series of thoughts and ideas regarding boundaries and the ability to talk about this subject and, and our preconceived notions about the subject of sexuality. And I believe uh, that has spurned further episodes. I, I believe that I will speak my piece on this episode as sort of a review, but really a call to revolution. And you may say, well, that's kind of dramatic, but I really believe that we are dying. We are morally, moralistically dying in this country. And I believe especially our young people and the young generation has paid a huge price uh, for us as leaders and as the church and as parents by looking away and saying nothing. And they are being spoken to, but just not by us. And so a revolution needs to take place and there needs to be a game plan. And I, I, I try so hard to not have this podcast just be me spouting ideas, me uh, talking about what everything is broken and wrong without actually uh, implementing a real plan, thought or idea. And we need a starting point. And so I have four points that I'm going to share with you in this podcast, which I believe is the the start, the 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 diving off point uh, for revolution. And this is just one moralistic topic, but it's a big one and it's an important one. And I think it's critical to the father's heart because it has to do with his creation and what he made lovingly for us, but also has to do with our own health, our own our own ministry here on this earth, doing what we've been called to do and not being distracted or living in pain or with baggage that's so unnecessary. So let me start with number one. I believe that a revolution always starts in the heart. A revolution always starts in the heart. And why do I say that? It's because by definition, a revolution is overthrowing something that has already existed. And believe me, when something becomes entrenched and it's the way that you've always done something, um, to change it or to alter the course of it, 
there is a price to be paid. Now, when we as Americans hear the word revolution, we think of the American Revolution, and that was kind of an ultimate price to be paid. Give me liberty or give me death. These people were putting their lives on the line. Now, Dr. Johnny, are you seeing this topic as important as that topic? Well, it's not a contest, first of all, and I think they're both very, very important. There were things that are worth fighting for, and I believe this is worth fighting for for us and for our children and for our children's children. So it starts with our own heart. What are our attitudes towards sexuality? Do we see sexuality as a normal created process that the father created for married couples? Or do we see it as perverted or dirty? Are we indifferent towards it? Have we just decided just not to talk about it because it's too uncomfortable or or too private? Or maybe for many of us, the response to this topic is guilt. And that's not my heart is to implement guilt, but I'm also not naive to think that those who are listening to this podcast may have walked through some sexual pain in their lives. I've, I've listed on, a, on a, my podcast previously the staggering statistics regarding sexual abuse and sexual assault, and I believe that's a huge contributing factor to the result of this LGBT community. I believe it comes from a source and, and from a place of pain. Well, there are a lot of heterosexuals who have also walked down this pathway of either being abused, walking in pain, or simply making bad life decisions, living outside of boundaries themselves. And you might be listening to this, and you might be one of those who walked down a path of sexual impurity and living outside of the Father's perfect boundary when it comes to sexuality. And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to, for a call to repentance. You know, the Father is good and he's loving. And if his blood isn't able to cover your sin, then it's not able to cover your sin. And we should turn this microphone off and we should all just go home. He died for that sin. And so if that's something that you've carried or it's a burden and, and when you hear the topic of sexuality and you think about talking about it with your children, uh, there's this wave of guilt that it can actually rise up because of the mistakes that you have made and you feel hypocritical to talk to your children and say, you know, this isn't a path that you should go. Well, that comes from the enemy who's actually trying to silence you and keep you from actually walking in victory. So if that's you... You can just simply pray, Father, I just repent of those past sins, those past sexual sins. And I lay those before your altar and I ask for you to forgive me. You are my Lord and my Savior and I follow and I worship you. And because of the blood that you shed for me, Jesus, I receive that as forgiveness. And I ask that I would go forward and walk in purity before you. That I can talk about this subject not through a filter of pain but through a filter of forgiveness, wholeness, and health. Amen. So I encourage you just to do that prayer with me. Reverse this podcast, rewind, and, and say that before the Lord. It's, I say it's simple, but he paid a pretty big price. So it's not simple, but it's profound. And it's real. And that's what he died for. See, I believe that when we operate in health and in wholeness, that married couples, when we talk about changing and reshaping culture, married couples can actually demonstrate 
now I say that appropriately, they need to appropriately demonstrate, to the culture a healthy romantic relationship. You know, there's nothing more powerful than young people looking at your marriage and saying in their spirit and in their soul, I want that. That's powerful. I want that. Now, Hollywood is not showing them that. Hollywood's telling them that a fulfilling relationship is saying, hi, how are you? And then follow, falling into bed with each other. And guess what? It doesn't work. It's been empty and people are hurting and dying and depressed and anxious and sad. A healthy romantic relationship. You know, you watch a sitcom these days and and every other joke is some kind of sexually perverted joke. And there's usually sex crazed men and crabby, uninterested women and wives. And we're conveying that as normal culture. But I believe that a, a healthy marriage can demonstrate healthy sexual relationship and, 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 and show the world that it's possible. That this is why the Lord created it this way, because it's beautiful and it's effective. It's without baggage or pain. So we need a revolution within. That's true for everything that I've been calling for. Over these past two seasons, I've talked about the Brown Initiative and, and changing culture in the way that we talk about race. But it has to start here. It has to start in the heart. I've talked about abortion and, and a revolution in regards to how we look at children and children in the womb. It has to start here in our heart. It always starts within. So if there are some things that are keeping you from talking about this subject or that is too painful or that you've compromised yourself, then it's time for that to change first. That's the first step. That's where we start in revolution. And if my podcast accomplishes nothing else, I hope it accomplishes that, that there can be healing in that place, that things, the ship can be righted, that we don't need to live in guilt, shame, or fear any longer. But in this topic of sexuality, it can be joyful and it can be purposeful and it can be what the Lord intended it to be. Number two, and this is the biggest one, I believe, is that parents need to talk to your children. Now, I know that's not as easy as it used to be. And I know that there's a lot of homes where there's a single parent home or or a blended family, and it's hard to talk often and openly with each other. But that's what needs to take place when we're talking about a call to revolution. It starts in your living room. It starts in your heart, and then it's conveyed into your living room as you sit down and talk to your children. And let me give you a few pointers as you do this. The first thing is when you talk about sex and sexuality, have a smile on your face. We we get very uptight and concerned and uncomfortable and little beads of sweat on our forehead when we talk about this to our children. I don't understand why. It's probably because there's something in here inside of us that's broken. Create a safe space where the children can talk about this openly. You know, it is so talked about openly in the world that for them to talk about it openly in your living room is not really a stretch. You can just turn on commercials and they are they are sex-ridden. We all know that. We always record the Super Bowl because the commercials are so bad. So we don't have to watch those. But here's the key. If you are uncomfortable, they will be uncomfortable. 
If you are comfortable talking about it, they will be comfortable talking about it. So be ready in your spirit. Be open about it. Be real and talk about your own experiences. Failures, victories in this area. Your kids need to know that you're a real person. (laughs) And talk about those things. So we always talk about the, quote, the talk. (laughs) When is the right time to have the talk with your kids? Well, every kid is going to be different and every kid obviously is going to have a different maturity level. But make no mistake about it, the time to talk to them is before the world talks to them. I titled this podcast Preemptive Strike. I looked up the definition of preemptive strike. A preemptive strike is a military action taken by a country in response to a threat from another country. The purpose of it is to stop the threatening country from carrying out its threat. Preemptive strikes are generally motivated uh, by the concern of an impending attack or invasion. In this scenario, uh, the leadership of the state believes its adversary is preparing for an attack or an invasion. My friends, the adversary is preparing for an attack or an invasion in your child's heart. That I promise you, it's no mystery. There is a secular world out there that wants to implement its agenda, its talking points, its quote-unquote truth to your children. And so we need to take a preemptive strike to stop the threat. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean by implementing the truth of what sex and sexuality is before the world gets to give their definition to the children, to your children. So what's that age? Well, unfortunately, it's probably getting younger than it used to be. For our family, it's been in that 11 to 13 years of age, somewhere in that neighborhood. You kind of know when the children begin to start asking questions and being curious. And then that's the time to strike. It's time to go for the walk and have the talk. It's important for you to set the boundaries and the why those boundaries are there. There's nothing more frustrating to children or to us as adults or even us sitting at the pews in church of telling us the hows and the how nots to live, but not telling us why we should live that way. It just becomes an order from above rather than a change of the heart. See, a loving father in heaven and loving parents here on this earth put boundaries around their children because they are motivated by love. Not fear. Not fear. But motivated by love to create this safe place, this environment inside of a boundary where they can live in complete freedom. And it requires a preemptive strike. So parents of young children especially, be ready for that talk. Be armed and ready for the right time. And don't let the world get the first shot. I feel so strongly about that. Now what about your teenagers? What if you're listening to this and you have older teenagers or young adults and you've missed the talk, you've missed the the place? Well, I, I believe that you can fire it back up again and get them in your living room and have an open discussion about it and tell them the why. Tell them the why. I believe that they will listen. It's going to be a little bit harder because you're going to have to restructure and sometimes re-talk about what the culture's already told them. 
It's much better to do a preemptive strike. But you also don't want to turn away and let the enemy just take territory. So be willing to talk about it. Be willing to go to those hard places and have a real discussion about their sexuality, about what their beliefs are, about what they're thinking, about their relationships. It's so important. We as parents, it's our role. So as this, as if this is sort of layers of an onion, it starts with the heart. That's the core. The next layer is parents and children and family structures, creating a vir- an environment and a culture that's safe and healthy and whole. As family goes, so goes the culture. So those two pieces are critical. I believe we can transform a nation. We can have a cultural revolution with just those two simple pieces. But there are other layers that I believe would be helpful in implementing revolution. The third layer is in our churches and youth groups. And I'm going back to the original comment. Talk about it. (laughs) Talk about it. However, in church and youth groups, I would submit to you that I would always ask you to refer back to the parents. Or better, when you know you're going to be talking about this, have parents present. So the parents can be on the same page. They can hear your heart. They can, they can know that their children have heard the truth. And maybe the parents can learn some talking points, kind of these springboard moments where you say, well, you know, pastor said, and you can use those as, as areas of, of, of common, commonality and able to give some real talking points to your children. And I think this goes without saying, and for many of you, like my wife, who was raised in a quote-unquote Christian school, don't assume Christian kids understand. (laughs) Don't assume your Christian kids understand the Bible or appropriate boundaries because they are being inundated with a different truth. And they are being told that this is more pleasurable and more good and, and, and that this is a life of living unrestricted. Teach church members and kids to stand up for sexual purity and abstinence. I believe that that can happen in churches and youth groups where there's a stand that's actually taken place where you give kids language to actually stand up for their faith, stand up for what they believe in, stand up for what's truth. If you, I got my wife's permission to say this. If you need me to come to your church and talk to your congregation or your youth group, then please invite me. I'm passionate about this. I'm a doctor. I'm not afraid to talk about sexuality. And obviously, I'm not afraid to, to, to tackle this subject head on. Or you can use my podcast as a discussion tool where you listen as a group and then discuss afterwards. It's that important. We just need to be proactive. We need to not have church and youth groups be this place where we just don't talk about it. We have to because it's for their good. We teach them to be good people at church and at youth group. And part of that is understanding sexuality and our response to it. And finally, the last layer of this onion, if we're going to actually implement real cultural revolution, is the public square. See, here's the deal. We have the statistics. (laughs) We have over 50 years of experimentation on our side. And guess what? Their ideas are not working. We have that in our favor and we have that on the debate. 
Our younger generation is suffering, and the statistics show it. There is absolutely no doubt about it. Is it all because of sexuality? No. But I do believe that it's a big section. It's a big chunk of it. And if it's not the main cause of it, it's often the result of it. And the world is scratching their heads, kind of going, wow, I thought giving kids no boundaries and having them operate and doing whatever they wanted to do would really operate, would let them live a life of freedom and joy. Hmm. It doesn't seem to really be working. And while they're scratching their heads, we have the answers. See, we need to learn how to engage the public forum. And we can do it, especially with this topic, from a place of compassion, not anger. See, because people are hurting People are being exploited. And we have an answer for that. See, we can go to the world and say, hey, you know what? We have a formula. We have a plan that will make everyone 100% STD free. <laughs> if we're concerned about unwanted pregnancies, I have a, I have a plan that's 100% effective. If we're concerned about mental health, if we're concerned about depression and anxiety in our young people, guess what? I have a plan that will, that will result in dramatic improvement in that regard. It's abstinence until marriage. Oh, we can't do that. Well, what are you doing that's working so well? This is the answer. This is why the Lord put the boundary around it in the first place, because it works. See, the loudest voices get heard. How many times have you heard me say that over these two seasons of podcasting? The loudest voices get heard, and saying nothing never works. So we need a marketing strategy. We need to go out and show that abstinence is cool. It's not only cool, but it's effective, and it's safe, and it's wonderful, and it brings joy and freedom to our children. I'm in the process of working on a, a worth-the-weight campaign, so stay tuned for that. It's about marketing. It's about getting it into the, the public square. And so speaking of that, I invite you to go to pushbackculture.org. There you can find all the links to my podcast as well as the YouTube if you like to see my smiling face. I just was informed by my podcasting um, website that I've had over 10,000 downloads. That excites me. Would you please tell others about what's happening here at this pushback podcast? Would you tell your friends? Would you quote what I say and let them know what's happening? Would you let them know that it's a safe place and that they can comment and, and even disagree with the host? Would you spread the word for me as we enter into season number three? This is listener-supported. Would you ever consider an end-of-the-year tax-deductible gift to the ministry? You can do that right on the website, pushbackculture.org. It would be greatly appreciated, and it would be so encouraging for me as we go forward into Season 3. I love you all so much, and I'm finishing this Sexual Revolution series, and there's no doubt that I'm sure I will come back to it as I continue to get frustrated by what I see in this world. <laughs> but we have an answer. We are the answer. It's Christ living in us. He put us here on this earth to be his mouthpiece. And we can bring real cultural change to this world. Do you believe that? I hope you do. So let's go together now 
to set and shape the culture. Music